Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Questions Podcast, episode 53, where we are full of spiritual minty freshness and boatloads of cold-blooded love. Yes, indeed. Lots of cold-blooded love. And hopefully, some answers to some questions. We are smart enough to be dangerous. We are. You know, I came into my office on Sunday morning. That's a good thing, because that means you were preaching. Found a little gift on my desk. Yes. Yes. Was that a gift? I think so. It was from an anonymous listener to the show. A lover. I think there was more of. than one anonymous listener, because by second service, the single boxed gift had multiplied through a process of cellular division or something. Mitosis, it had divided, and now there were two boxes where I'm, there was once one box hmm. of gigantic Reese's peanut butter cup hearts, 36 count. Wow. After, by the second service, there was two boxes. So I... And by Monday, they were gone. one box was gone. There we go. So we did share. We did. Share. I, I, there was a lot of sharing going on. There's yeah. a lot of love in the room. Yeah, man. I, those, those things are, that's a temptation that I, um, I have a hard time with self-control when there's a Reese's peanut butter cup in the, uh, in the vocal view, in the, in the visual view, the focal view, the focal view. Yeah. I can't, I can't Pretty think vocal folks. Yeah. My, my nose is running, man. Oh man. That's okay. They want to hear you blowing your nose. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, there, we go. there you go. So right. you got a nose. It's, I, it's clean. It's clean. I, so I'm thinking the you know cellular division. Yeah, I, at first I was thinking trouble with trebles. You know, you put oh, one yeah, there, yeah, and they, yeah. you know that was an old Star Trek. Uh huh. And then, uh, but then maybe loaves and fishes, man. You yeah, know? I went and preached a message, and God multiplied the Reese's <laughs> yeah. goodness. It was yeah. I, I don't that know. Was, there was there was a lot of love in those boxes. There well, was whoever whoever brought those and left them on my desk in my office. Had, was able to gain access to our office when the office was closed. So they had somebody who was a key holder. I have no idea who would drop those off. Do you have any idea who dropped no, those I off? No, I don't. Absolutely you don't. don't you no. didn't do it. Heck no. I didn't do it. No. I have no idea, but I know it was a listener because occasionally we talk about Reese's Peanut Butter Cups on the Questions podcast. I mean, not a lot. I mean, like maybe on every other show. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're addicted or it's, anything. It's, well, yeah, couldn't yeah, be. There you go. Well, you it's know. one of my few vices. Oh, <laughs> I'm reminded of a show. Are you? Yeah, Lark for now. What was it? Lark Rise to Candleford. Did you ever see that English How? horrible series? It wasn't horrible. How old was this? It about five years ago. Oh, then I've never seen. It was it. a British no communication type thing. Yeah, but uh, there was one gal in there, and she used to always say, "That's my one vice." My one vice, and she had like a hundred of them. Yeah, but it was good. Well, it was, fortunately, it was novel. I. I could be wrong, but I don't think I have too many vices. But Reese's peanut butter cups, especially in the form of Christmas time, time the trees, and mm -hmm. Valentine's Day the hearts, and Easter they have eggs. Whoa, man! Did the tea go down the wrong pipe there? Carburetor trouble. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Let's not talk about car trouble. Oh yeah, you're uh, having a little car trouble, uh, huh? Yep, yep. Wow, cars in the shop. Who'd have known those things need oil in them? Apparently, wow. They don't. They don't Drive real well without it, unless you have a Tesla. No is oil. There, there's no oil in a Tesla? No. Oh, there's got to be oil to lubricate the... No. Drive. No. The no. drivetrain has no oil in it. I mean, no maybe differential, there's grease in the differential. No transmission doesn't have any oil there's in no it? There's no transmission. It has an electric mm. motor, mm -hmm. front and back, if you get a dual motor. Yeah. Really? 
I have some friends who have Teslas and one of them's put 40,000 miles on it. And the only thing he's had to work on is he had to add some fluid to the windshield wiper. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Tempting. Very tempting. But they're a little pricey. Yeah, you can buy a lot of oil. Man, you're, you're getting a little Oh, the price was parched cho- here. I, I thought of the, 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 the price and started to choke. Well, gas keeps going up, though, too. So yeah. I'm trying to find any way I can to justify it, Mark. Surrounded by gas. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen cars? Yes. We got gas. We got lots of gas. Yeah. Uh, cars, <laughs> I, got I, gas. I actually, well, I own the first two. Yeah, that's a great one. I guess the first two were awesome. The there third? is a third. It, it kind of went downhill. I hadn't seen the third one. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, um, oh, so, so back to the Reese's, though. So is Reese pretty much your favorite candy? That's your favorite candy? I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I They're good. I think I think the Reese's oh, peanut butter cups are now great, and all its derivatives. All its derivatives. Yes. So I was. Have I was, you had uh, the Reese's cereal? Yes. You yeah. like that, huh? So I was on my way home on Friday. We were having Connect Group. Mm-hmm. So I was stopping at the gas station to pick up some bags of ice for Connect Group. Is this a confessional or what is this? No, no, no. So I went in. I went into the little store there at the Shell station by the mall, and uh, I was paying for the ice. And I looked down, and they were on clearance. They were selling the uh, Reese's peanut butter cup hearts, getting rid of them. Yeah, and there they were. Well, and these ones, they had, like, uh, Reese's pieces inside of the Reese's peanut butter cup hearts. So they're kind of crunchy. That's like a break in the Reese's time continuum. Let me tell you something. They're... I'm not saying this so someone else brings another package on the desk. We don't need that. That's not helpful. No, we it's don't. Not need helpful. That. No, we do not need. It's that. more temptation than I can bear. I'm just saying that if you have not tried them, they're worth a try. They're pretty good. Mm. Anyways, craziness. Yeah. So, but that's pretty much your favorite candy. I I'm gonna say yeah. Yeah. How about you? Are you a Heath Bar guy? No, Andrea likes Heath Bars. She though. likes it. Yeah. They get in the teeth. It's kind of. I don't. I don't. Not a fan of the. Stuff that makes your teeth all filled with junk. Hmm. Yeah. I would say I have like this this struggle that goes between they're both C's. Uh huh. There's the mocha. Oh, C's candy. C's. Yes. Okay. The mocha. All right. Is it like a creamy mocha inside? Yes. So okay. it's like it's chocolate. Yeah. But then there's like these little dark sprinkles that almost look like somebody oh, shaved yeah, on yeah, top yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's that's disturbing. Yes, I know. And then there's the Bordeaux. Uh huh. Uh huh. That is there's, so there's the square or the rectangular one, and then there's the round one. Are you one of those guys that stops by C's and gets a freebie? No, no. But you know, you can do that if you want. Right, they'll give it to you. My, but they know it's just like it's just like at the donut shop. What's it called? Uh, the Krispy Kreme. The first one's free, Mark. Yeah, like you can walk out of there with just one taste. Oh, by the way, the last time. Krispy Kremes came up. One of our loyal listeners sent me a link with to a map thing. There's a Krispy Kreme down in Carmel Mountain. Convenient and close. I guess so. Do we have any business down there? Well, in and out. There's no is there any lost souls down there that need preaching to? I'm sure. Well, you know, there's an in and out, there's a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's lost souls. So all that's like there. the between those three, that's like the the whole the Trinity of Christian I mean, if eaters. you go to if you go to Chick-fil-A or you go to In N Out, it's practically like partaking of a connect group. It's like they got verses and stuff. They play worship music at Chick Fil A, and they got verses on your cup and your. And they're full of church people at In and Out. Yeah. Uh, if you want to run into somebody from church, just roll over to the Chick Fil A. Not on Sunday. Closed on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chick Fil A. 
Love the lemonade. Yeah. So yeah. No, I so those are my two those are my two favorite candies. Yeah. Please do not bring those by the office, anybody. Not helpful. I'm, in, I'm in currently not in training. Helpful. Whoever yeah. it was that dropped those off, we thank you. You're very kind. But that was that may have crossed a line. You think? Yeah, you're causing your pastors to stumble? Absolutely. <laughs> that that wasn't a stumble. Okay. Yeah, no, that was a full <laughs> that blown was a fall. Total wipeout. Yeah. All I know is when I came in here uh, on I guess Tuesday, yeah, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I opened the box that was in my office. There yeah. was like four left. I was like, oh my goodness, Monday must have been a good day. What happened? Well, I actually distributed them to the bicycle gentleman. Oh, okay, on Sunday. I, was, I ate those vicariously through them. Just the I got smell. to watch them eat them. Mm. And you know what? Those bless somebody else too. Good. I'm glad we could be somebody, a blessing. I won't give any names out. Okay? Yeah. But there was a guy and came in here and those last two were sitting there. And he goes, ooh, that looks good. And I said... You should you, take that please. to your wife. Oh. And I got a text message from his wife saying, man, I needed that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I said, hey, chocolate. It some, makes the day better. Sometimes chocolate fixes chocolate. Chocolate with peanut butter. Oh, man. So it's she, good time. she was totally blessed. Yeah. Okay. You got well, any weirdness for well, us? Well, hold on. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's, get our, let's cue the music. Oh, that's true. In the news, and this is as of just 54 minutes ago, Mark. This baby's hot off the plate. The right Utah, out of the fryer. In Utah. Ooh. Utah House. U- U- Utah is like the Florida of the Southwest. Utah House passes at a margin of 70 to 3. That seems like pretty unanimous. Wow. You don't think they all went to the same church, do you? Passes a bill on Wednesday Ooh. to reduce... Penalties for polygamy. Polygamy. I guessed it. Polygamy is back in the good graces, shall we say, in Utah. (laughs) Um, I have no comment. Wow. I got no comment. I got got comments for days. They just get other people in trouble. I got nothing. So what what was the penalty before? I have no idea. I I just uh, quickly perused that and saw that it is expected to go to the governor. Uh, so, well, yeah. I mean, do you think, I mean, okay, let's, let's back up 20 feet and look at culture right now. Yeah. Is it really that big a deal compared to Does all it, the other is stuff it surprising? that's legal? No, it's not surprising. No, not at all. No, I mean, but is... I'm just saying like, is it really, I mean, they almost get a couple points for being married. Yeah. You know, multiple times. Well, but yeah, I, I get it. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, at, hey, at least it was kind of in the Bible for a while. Kind of, right? sort of. Not approved, but, you know. Wow. They're, they're, they're culturally... Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think I think you're like right. A, Utah is kind of like the Florida of the Midwest, did you say? Yeah. Was that, would that no, be considered Midwest? Southwest. The Southwest. That's considered Southwest? Utah is kind of Southwest. Really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, they consider Colorado kind of Southwest, too. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, Rocky Mountain High. I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm getting this on good authority, basically, because I'm looking in bikepacking magazine, ah. and all the rides in the Southwest are, yes. you know, Arizona, California, Nevada, Utah, and Colorado. So, and they're calling Texas Southwest too. Okay. So yeah, there you go. So that's the news story, huh? Well, and I have another news story here. This was uh, just from a couple of days ago in USA Today. Oh, that's big stuff there. 
Uh, yeah, a little article about how uh, a little disconcerting to find that there's um, some millennials that apparently have been drinking too much because uh, liver disease is on the rise among the young in America. Hmm. Partaking a little bit too much of the alcohol. Really? Yeah. So the people. I guess it's all that craft beer. Boozing and cruising, huh? Boozing and cruising. Craft wow. beer. I wonder if, like, uh, you know, gout you know, there's a lot is more on alcohol, rise. a lot more alcohol in the craft beer than the Budweiser. Oh, is that how that works? Probably. Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. Crafty beer. I only had six a day. Wow. For five years. Yeah, that, I could see how that would build up a tolerance to. Yeah. Have a liver the size of the Grand Canyon, I guess. You know, two drinks a day, three days a week is considered over drinking. Two beers a day, three days a week. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would seem like a lot. That's according to the CDC. The CDC. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. Control. Yes. Which, speaking of Centers for Disease Control, the coronavirus has caused the uh, stock market to tumble and tumble like a big avalanche the last few days. Have you uh, seen what's been happening with the um, stocks and bonds? And No, so I try to stay out of that stuff so I don't go crazy. So it was down on Monday, 1,000 points, and then it was down again the following day by 872 points, I believe, and it's down again today by 200 and, let's see, do, 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 by 123 points. You know what my, you know what my, went off a cliff there for a second. Wow, you know what my financial advisor would say? Whole, oh, buy, 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 he, buy. He'd say stocks on sale. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's what uh, Warren Buffett says. He says, be greedy when everybody else is fearful and fearful when everybody else is greedy. That's how Berkshire Hathaway has made what, some big bucks. What does he know? Well, he's only a big-time billionaire. He's, no, he's one of the Is three. he one of the top three? He's one of the three. Triumvirate. The triumvirate. The, yeah. Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, and Warren Buffett. Yeah, the three tenors, the three white guys. There you go, yeah. Evil white men. Yeah, and Mark Zuckerberg's on his way up there, too, and Elon Musk. Yeah, the billionaires, the bills. Hmm. They got lots of bills. Bucks up. I guess so. But, you know, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, they say they're going to give away all their money. Well, that's nice of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. You think they're going to give any to us? The church, um, any churchy opportunities? No. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Mm-mm. How many of those guys are but Christians? But they are, they are trying to get rid of things like um, malaria, which is a good thing to get rid of. I vote for get rid of malaria. And get rid of polio, also that, a good thing to get rid let's, of. Let's get rid of that. And to bring better sanitation to developing nations, which is a smart idea. That's good Christ-like stuff. And then to uh, help develop new nuclear technologies for energy, safer, cleaner. Okay. I think that's some good stuff. Forms of godliness, perhaps. Yeah, the, the world will benefit from such things. Hmm. I'm down. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all the news I got. Uh, we should be praying that the, uh, the coronavirus gets, gets dealt with. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think they just don't have it figured out. That's what's going on here. Well, they can't contain it because we're so international. Well, no, I was listening to something the other day, and basically the doctor that was speaking about this was saying that it is basically a, a strong cold virus, but the problem is, is it has about a 2.5% to 3% mortality rate. Right. But these are based on numbers that we're not entirely sure of coming out of China. But at the numbers we know of at the moment, it's about 2.5%. But that's in a nation that maybe you don't have the best access to some health care and so forth. And right. There have well, been some we'll pretty see. sad stories. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. I did find it kind of fascinating. In Iran, the Iranian health minister declared publicly that there is no coronavirus in Iran. And then the following day, he was diagnosed with coronavirus. 
Hmm. It's a little ironic. <laughs> well. Maybe that was like positive confession. We will say there is There's no, no cor- yeah. coronavirus here whatsoever. You're, you're, you're good enough. You're yeah. smart enough. And doggone it, people like I you. I am making a positive confession. Yes. No I do not have this. I do yes. not have this. Yes. Except for I do. Yes. Well. I, do, I do not have the sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's not, yeah, that's that's not really a I did, we did get an email from one of our missionaries in China, and I was reading through it, and they were saying that um, they they have been unable to leave their homes. They have to stay within their homes. And if they do go out, then there's, like, officers around who will take your temperature while you're out and about. It's kind of crazy. Wow. And they're pretty far from the situation. But even right. still, they're kind of under lockdown. Hmm. And they, they work at a school, and the school is closed indefinitely until the government opens it up. Well, so that's my, pretty fascinating. I mean, my brother, the guy who works in, used in to China, work in yeah. China, 150 days a year um, in manufacturing, uh, he's currently unemployed. Right. There's just, you know, you can go to China, but you can't come back. Ah, it's kind of like Hotel California? Exactly. Right. You can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. There you go. So I had a, you know, sometimes you see something on television. Well, if we don't you watch, watch that. We don't watch television. We watched a movie. A movie. And it was like the Hallmark version of like a Amish movie. Mm. So uh, Kelly McGillis was in it. Like Top Gun Kelly McGillis? Yes. She's not going to be on, t- on Top Gun too. I could understand why. Okay. It's, so it would probably have to be like a little wider screen version of oh, that. Oh, no. It, don't it's, say it's, She just was... The years have not been kind to poor Kelly. Well, let's let's be honest. The years would not have been nice to Mr. Tom Cruise either if it wasn't for some significant help from surgeons. There's oh, no possible he... way that that guy has not had some work done. Oh, you think he's had some body? He still looks like he's 30. Really? Well, sometimes. He looked old to me. Only when they put makeup on him to make him look old. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. Wow. I'm just thinking, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah. She had this really huge tattoo that looked like she got shot with a paintball gun. Oh, nice. So that, it was probably a good idea when she was young. What was this movie now. called? Was she Amish in the movie? No, she oh, was okay. the, um, she was just kind of a grandma. In was it. this Amazon, Amazon prime or Netflix or I think it was Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. And so who knew, uh, she, but yeah, there was an Amish family next door that, uh, there was a murder. Wait a minute. Yeah. There were Amish living next door to her? Did yes. she live like way out in the rural country yep. area? Okay, all right, Pen- good. Pennsylvania or someplace. Because I was, like I was having this vision of like she's living in like a row house in suburbia. No, 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 no. So they were, she was living in like an Amish hood. Everybody had a thing. <laughs> there you go. But so we after the movie. Yeah. And the movie wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't grieving. I'll say that. Ah. But my wife and I were sitting around going, gosh, I wonder how many Amish people there are. Did you search and find out? You could probably search and find out. I but, thought maybe you would have searched. But there was a fun, we did, but there was a fun fact in one of the information lines, and it said that the Amish were one of the, how many were, do you have? Uh, there are nearly a quarter of a million Amish people in America and Canada, according to Ohio State University researchers. Okay. That was as of 2012. And it they was probably said, multiplied a little bit. They're one of then. the fastest growing, we really don't want to say people groups. Well, that, you but, could say that. But... They're one of, in the world. No. Yes. Because they have lots of kids? Yes. Okay. As far as a percentage of growth. Huh. They're like... Oh, look at this. 
why the Amish population is exploding. Yo, bro. There you go. See? Explosion. Amish. See? Amish. The internet, again, once confirming bomb, something. Right? A baby boom. Yeah. An Amish baby boom. They ain't playing. Well, they are playing boom, around. Boom. They are playing around. Baby boom, boom. Yeah, they're they Well, you know, on. you don't have any electricity. You don't got any cell phone to distract you. You don't have TV to distract you. You just got Amish. What else are you going to do when the Amish lights go Amish love. You, you can't even. Once the candles go out. What do you got to do? Got to stay warm, right? Amish boom, boom. Hmm. Anyway, and then, because I think I should have been an advertising guy. The Amish live in small groups of 20 or 30 families known as settlements. Yes. Yeah, settlements. In 1990, there were 179 settlements in the U.S. By 2012, Donner Mayer, the researcher, and his colleagues counted 456. Yes. And wow. There's like 100 different Boom. S- strains of Amish. Boom. Now, being that there's such a tight-knit, cloistered community... Do nope. they nope. Everything's marry good. outside of the other uh, Amish groups? I guess. The settlement? I don't know. Huh. I'm sure there's, you know, a, probably another Hallmark movie that will explain all this. Because I'm thinking, intriguing. you know, if there's some some cross-breeding things going on there, it could be dangerous. It could be, but... This but is totally good. This is going to be a conversation that gets us into trouble, I was sure. I can feel I, I wasn't it even thinking of the Arkansas quotient, but what I was thinking... No, no, of, they're not. They're in like... Ohio and and yeah, I meant like just yeah. Anyway, closely related people. Oh wait, Kentucky, Kentucky. There you go. Oh yeah, they're on okay. the list. So, but here's what was interesting. Yes, sir. Because you know, as Christians, we have all these little different groups, groups, and then we have you know we read these rules out there that really aren't rules. Boy, my voice got deep all of a sudden. Well, you're talking in the right place now. I I got yeah, you in the right place. I'm you gotta you gotta be careful my with head. this microphone. Yeah. I don't want you to get too far away. From too me. directional. We start yeah. getting echo when you get too far away. Whoa 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 whoa. So. Check this out. Uh huh. Like they get down into the real specifics of things. Like some people, the buggy is not enough. Right. Some people can't have reflectors on their buggy. Well, then they can't drive at night because it's too ornamental. Oh. But they can have reflective tape. Hmm. They're seriously, like the 3M these tape. are, yes, these are rules and divisions. But that tape is pretty awesome. Uh, it's good stuff. Oh, I could see how an actual reflector, it might look like a ruby or something. Yeah, it might look yeah. just too flashy. Oh. So like, it's like, pimp my buggy. Pimp my buggy. I was yeah. thinking Can you the see exact that? same Can you thing. see that show? Yeah. Oh, Yo. we totally need that. And then my head immediately went to, because I'm a frustrated advertising guy. Um, not that frustrated, but I, can you imagine an internet commercial? Where people are smacking their computers because their internet isn't working and and all this, and then the question is, who's running your internet company? And then it's a bunch of Amish guys in the back slapping one another in the back laughing. Would that be a great commercial? You're crazy. I know. Yeah, I know. But I own it. Anyway, should we um should we move on to some questions? Yeah, I felt like we've done the Amish enough harm today. <laughs> yeah, you know what. If if we end up with a like a, a horse collar a on your on your your desk, we'll know that we have Amish people in the fellowship. Well, they wouldn't be listening to the podcast. It would be against the rules. There you go. Yeah. So this is really for their benefit. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Mm. You know there is. I know families uh-huh. that as a punishment they'll do something calling called going Amish. Oh, and they have they to turn pull off the all the kids devices. Cell phones. They pull the kids. The TV, the computers, everything. And I think that's a healthy thing. That could yeah. be a real healthy thing. Yeah. Uh, that's that's normally my threat with my kids when it's like they're out of order. There's going to be no electronics. And they all get I'm gonna give ashen you, white. Yeah. 
my top two people that would never go Amish. Amish. You. Yes. I'm on that list. Yeah. Absolutely. And you. <laughs> you you get first and second prize. You just you couldn't. I think you're it. right. I think yeah, you're right. It's okay. Technology. You and you and Skip. Number one. Biff. All right. You, you gotta or Kip. Because we're getting some okay. bounce around. Right. Well, here. you're messing. We got a new sound system. No, no, no. Just it's all good. I'm the same. All right. Well, here's some great questions from the podcast from our loyal listeners. Here we go. What is the difference between mercy and grace? Ooh, we were talking a little bit about mercy and grace on Sunday. Because um, did you hear the message on Sunday? I had did not. You were like busy. I got occupied. People had problems. Yeah, I, I mentioned near the end of the message how much we need mercy and grace. Okay. So uh, mercy and grace. What is the difference between mercy and grace? Well, the way I've heard it, which I think fits with the definition, especially of the word mercy. I actually think I heard Pastor Chuck describe it like you're going to describe it. I wouldn't it. be surprised. There you go. I probably ripped it off from Chuck. And he ripped it off from Jesus or somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Mercy is not getting what you deserve in the form of punishment. And grace is getting what you don't deserve in the form of blessing. So mercy is when you deserve to get that speeding ticket. Mm-hmm. And the police officer says, you know what, Mark? I noticed on your driver's license here that it's your birthday. So I'm not going to give you a ticket. That's mercy. Mm-hmm. Not getting what you deserve. Of course, you would never get a speeding ticket. No. No. Because well, when, the, when the police officer comes to the window... You just go really fast? No. I go. say, these aren't the droids you're looking these aren't for. The droids Let you're them looking be for. on their way. Yeah. It works every time. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I want to see you try that. I am going to try that. You've been pulled over for speeding? I got pulled over mm-hmm. unjustly. Oh, I know this one. In, in Coronado. Coronado. Yeah. And I did a trial by written, written declaration. That's right. And you know what? Not that we're endorsing this, but if you have a speeding ticket, trial by written declaration, look it up, might be beneficial. Yes. Although I will tell you this, it doesn't work for jet skiing in the surf. Is, do they even allow it? Can I tried, try it? and they try? said, sorry, no, no go, buddy. No go, Only buddy. for speeding tickets? Only for, only for like real cops on the land. Oh, not water cops. Not water cops. No, not for water cops. I still think you and Jason should have tried to outrun them. Now, see, here's the, here's the real <sighs> downside to this, is that the first lady who caught us, she was also on a, on a jet ski. Just so it's noted, oh. we were on different jet skis, Jason and I. Yeah. We weren't on the same jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> but when she Who's first riding caught, on the front? Yeah, Miles? when she yeah. caught us, she was going to let us go. She was going to give you mercy. She was totally going to give us mercy. And then the law came in the red boat. Two guys in the red boat, and uh, they didn't give us mercy. They gave us punishment, and that cost me like two hundred eighty dollars. Mm. But it was fun. Okay, and then but you, grace you is led Pastor you Jason astray. The poor little lamb followed you, and I, I lost my sunglasses too, in the surf. But they were the cheap orange ones from Amazon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I do. Okay, so grace is uh, getting what you don't deserve in the form of blessing. So this would be like the cop pulls you over, and he goes, "You know what?" It's your birthday. I'm going to give you mercy. And here's a gift card for frozen yogurt. And the gift card for frozen yogurt is, that's grace. Yeah. I saw I saw a video where this cop pulls this lady over. Have you seen these where the cops pull oh, they do nice over things? and then yeah. they give them like a $100 bill? It was, on a, it was at Christmas time a couple of years ago that wow. this cop, they were pulling people over just to bless them and give like, here's a hundred bucks. 
And this lady, she was crying and she didn't have money to buy Christmas presents for her kids and how big of a deal this was and made ah, her day. Nice. It was very nice of them. That's grace. That's amazing. Yes, indeed. Hmm. All righty. Okay, well, we got number two. Yes, this is an there, very this in-depth is, There's a lot of yeah, writing we have here. some. we have some bigger questions this week. People are really challenging us Big with these questions. questions. Couldn't you be a little easier on the questions? Yeah. Nah, keep them coming. There you go. All right, here we go. I'm just glad somebody cares enough to ask them. And send us peanut butter hearts. There's a lot of Reese's. love. Yeah, wow. People like us. All right, why doesn't our church teach that women should wear head coverings while praying? Question mark. And if women aren't supposed to wear men's clothes and men aren't supposed to wear women's, why does our church allow women to wear pants? Question mark. And if it's okay for women to wear pants, does that mean it's okay for men to wear dresses? Is it just about the intent of the heart? How can we tell the difference between a cultural teaching in the Bible and something we should adhere to today? Scripture references 1 Corinthians 11.5 and Deuteronomy 22.5. So this is pulling from the Old and the New Testament. Man, they're not playing around. No, this is a student of the Bible here. Legit. How do we know, how can we tell the difference between a cultural teaching in the Bible and something we should adhere to today? There's actually a few questions in here, isn't there? There are, but I think that's the kind of the core important question of okay. this, this deal. At least that's that would be my assessment of this. Um. I think one of the ways that we tell the difference between a cultural teaching and something we should still adhere to today is to really study the historical context in which it was written and what did these things mean? What were they, what was going on in this passage? Because, for example, in Deuteronomy 22, which is the passage, passage mentioned here, when it's talking about women not wearing men's clothes and men not wearing women's clothes, it's very distinctly talking about clothing that is that which a woman would wear. It's not like, oh, he wears pants and she wears a dress or, you know, vice versa. It's it's wearing clothing that was in that period and in that time identifying as a woman. So a man wearing a woman's clothes, he, he's effectively identifying himself as a woman or vice versa. The woman is identifying herself as a man. And God, the passage says it's an abomination. God doesn't like that. And I would say that this has to do with the way that God created us. In the beginning, he made them male and female. And so God has an intent in what he did in creation. It's not on accident. It is purposeful. And so we should acknowledge God's purpose in creation and how he has made us. And uh, now, of course, this ultimately leads to the question that always comes up. What about people who are intersexed or hermaphrodite? You know, that definitely is an unfortunate situation that I believe is the result of the brokenness of the world that we live in. You know, the, the genome, shall we say has been corrupted. There are mutations and there are genetic variabilities and problems, but that's not what's being talked about here. What's being talked about here is the way that a person identifies themselves. And so that would be the issue with Deuteronomy 22. So I would say that pretty clear cut that we can carry that over. I still think God created us male and female and the way that he made us, we ought to walk in what he has made us. And uh, it's a very, how shall I say, intriguing, weird, interesting time we're living in with all this nuttiness surrounding gender identity and all that sort of stuff. Um, problematic. A lot, I, of I, a lot of confusion about things that really aren't that confusing. Like, I think we should be very merciful and gracious with people who 
unfortunately, have experienced, and this very small percentage of the population experienced uh, genetic issues, problems having to do with formation of uh, gonads and so forth. <laughs> You like, like that word, that. Martin? Yeah. That's a great word. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the technical yeah. term. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I live with a nurse. As she a, always she always a, uses technical terms right. for everything. Yeah, as opposed to stop nads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, yeah. do we really need to use the technical terms for every possible well, thing? No, let's come up with some cute things. You're married to yeah. a wife too, or to a nurse too. I, I mean, know. yeah. 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 Uh, and then, okay, so 1 Corinthians 11, this has to do with the head coverings issue. Again, if you spend the time looking at the historic context in which this was written, there's very specific things that are going on there having to do with the cultural form of dress and what did not wearing a head covering versus wearing a head covering say. And it had a lot to do with promiscuity. It had a lot to do with uh, um, prostitutism within the prostitution, right. prostitutism, yeah. prostitution within the, uh, within the community and uh, temple worship among the pagan deities and so forth. So it's an issue. There of, were some uncovered hussies out there. Is that what you want I to th- say? I think really? that's what they were saying. You know, there are some younger ears that sometimes are listening, so you got to be careful look, with those words. Look here, Mr. Gonads. Well, listen, that's a technical scientific term. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hussy isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, considering the actual, this actual is a, historic context. This is, is a kindness. Now, I do think it's, it's worth noting, like, because this asks the question, is it okay for men to wear dresses? Well, what's the cultural situation? Because if we were in the Middle East, you might find some guys that are wearing long robes that look more like what you would consider like a dress. This is a cultural form of clothing. If you're in Scotland, we see a some kilt. some men wearing kilt. And don't call that right? a dress. Throw in the caber. Yeah. Right. They'll look th- at the size of that boy's head. <laughs> Yeah. They'll drop the nut on you. We have a paper down. Oh, gosh. That's a great movie. Oh, my uh, goodness. Well, I don't endorse, don't endorse that endorse movie. It. No, yeah, that's a horrible yeah. movie. Horrible, Never watch horrible. that movie. Don't endorse yeah. that movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It was, uh, anyways. It was watched totally for research. Right. 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 Yes. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But, like, a drag queen guy. Yeah, that's not, that don't, not homie, befitting. Homie, don't play that. Not fitting. Not fitting. Not yes. good. So... I think we've we've exercised that one to death. Okay. Yeah. Another thing the Amish don't struggle with. Well, you don't know that. No, no. I just mean that they, you know, the cross-dressing thing. Is no, you a, don't no, know that. No, I don't. They're, mm. they're not even allowed to wear colors, bro. Are they? They're flashing. required to have beards, right? The yeah. guys? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying that. Yeah. So. I just can't get out of my head right now. Um, Weird Al Yankovic is... <laughs> Amish Paradise song. That's what keeps looping in my I head. Ever since I, we I don't think I've ever heard it. Oh my gosh! Ever since we started talking about Amish, I can't. I can't stop thinking about Amish oh, wow. Paradise. Okay. So when I read Matthew fifteen twenty four, it draws me up short. Shall Shall I read that? Is that a little person thing? What is it? What? what? It's just an odd saying. I'm not uh, making uh, fun of our oh, oh, okay. person. I just. Perhaps it was read the whole question. Read, read the whole question. When I read Matthew fifteen twenty four, it draws me up short. If God is unchanging, then how did it come to be that He changed His mind? Question mark. And why would He try to turn the woman away at first if He is merciful? Yes. Hmm. Uh, there are passages of Scripture where it seems at face value that God changes his mind. And there are certain people in the way that they approach the Scriptures that believe that God did change his mind. This is not one of those situations. This is actually a very important passage of Scripture. 
Uh, this is the story of the Syrophoenician woman. That's what Mark calls her. Yeah. Uh, Matthew's gospel, it's a Gentile woman near the region of Tyre and Sidon, which is modern-day Lebanon. Hmm. And um, so Jesus is way up in the north, and while he's there, there is a Canaanite woman, and not a Jew, and she comes to Jesus begging Jesus. I heard a little Adam Sandler Did you? There. Yeah, see. Yeah, I, I, ca- I caught that. And uh, she comes to talk with Jesus because she wants her daughter to be healed, who is severely demon-possessed. So she actually says, Lord, have mercy on me, O son of David. And she wants her daughter to be healed. And Jesus, like, he kind of disses her, it seems like. Blows her off a little he bit. Doesn't, he doesn't pay attention to her. He didn't answer her he, he doesn't. He doesn't even give her the greatest Christian blow-off ever. He doesn't acknowledge her. What would be the Christian blow-off? I'll pray for you. Oh, I'll pray for yeah, you? I'll pray for Yeah, that. he doesn't yeah. do that. Yeah. His disciples get kind of bothered by her, and they say, can you, like, send her away? Yeah. She'd drive us crazy. And, uh, and then he doesn't say to her, he says to them, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's the verse, Matthew right. yeah. 15, 24. But then she comes and she persists. She worships him. She says, Lord, help me. And, uh, and then Jesus makes a comment to her, which is, again, a really challenging situation. He says, it's not good that I take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And then she makes this statement, which reveals her faith, or at least that's how Jesus sees it. She says, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. So like, come on, help me out. And uh, Jesus comments at how great her faith is, saying, you know, awesome. And so this woman, her daughter is healed from that very hour. So I kind of see a little bit of Roman five, a little Romans five thing going on there. He's like developing her character before everybody as an illustration. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I mean, is it a test for her? Is it a test to reveal something to the disciples? You know, maybe there's a lot going on here in this passage. I don't necessarily think he's changing his mind here. I think there's more to the story, some depth. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's drawing her out, her faith out. It appears in this. You know, as a fisherman. Uh-huh. He's luring out her faith for all to see, to use as an example and an illustration, kind of like the neither passage. Why was this guy born blind? Was it the sin of his parents or his? Neither. Just glorify God. So I think there's a little bit of that going on there. Yeah. Or I would say a whole lot of that. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Done. I dropped the mic, but it's... I shun fancy things like electricity At 4.30 in the morning I'm milking cows Jebediah <laughs> feeds the chickens and Jacob plows I, oh, I, Now I'm going to have to listen to that song That's pretty funny That's that's Weird Al Yeah, I can't play much of it because I think we'd have a copyright violation or something yeah, I have no idea could, and We don't want that <laughs> Or a herd of angry Amish people Not that they constitute a herd Perhaps a gathering or a gathering No, no, they're a settlement We a saw settlement. we read okay. It's a right. settlement all right, good. It's not so a murder. I think, okay, so he didn't change his mind. I don't think so. No, it was already it was a was test. drawing her out. He's drawing her out. But I mean... Test to reveal something to the disciples. Yeah. Per adventure. Per adventure. I like that, right? I mean, his disciples... But I mean, the, the big negotiation, per adventure. I'm not Lord, following. Lord, for 50 men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. Uh, Gen- Genesis 18. Yeah. So there's some negotiating going there's on. There's some there. negotiating going on here. And I, I think he's revealing I think something. De- and that, that, that exchange yeah. with him and God, uh-huh. I think, shows how merciful God is and how 
I would agree with that. You know, he's pleading. I, I think also that he's revealing something to the disciples. Because, yeah. like it or not, and really this is a reality pretty much everywhere you go, people are what we would call ethnocentric. Other people might refer to themselves as, or refer to it as racism, but ethnocentric. Right. And the Jews, Jesus' disciples all being Jews, they, they looked down upon other people groups, Gentiles especially. They just Hard. did. That's just Big the way time. it was. Yeah. And they believed that they were God's people, which they are. Um, but that, you know, sometimes could tend to uh, cause them even more to look down on other people. And Jesus, he came to reach the multitudes from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And so I think he's instructing his disciples even in this. He's illustrating something. Yes, there's a lot in this passage. There's a lot going on. Maybe the, you should teach a message on this. Well, um, yeah? Yeah. When should I do that? I don't know. Someday soon. Okay. When I finish Deuteronomy... About, oh, so the time, about the time I'll you're be, retiring. I'll be dead yeah, by exactly. then. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So, hey, Mark, the next time you're teaching is when you're dead. It'd <laughs> uh, be a good message. Oh, yeah. That would be a good message. Oh, are we back? What, another question here? I think we are. Because, uh, yeah. Okay. Number four. Number I fe- four. I feel like we have covered the merciful part of this and, right. and uh, all that. And, okay, number four. How is my wife supposed to relate to an acquaintance who claims to be a Christian and saved and has gone through a divorce for personal reasons and seems to think it's not that big a deal? Question mark. How can she be loving as well as pointing this out? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. There's a number of things that come to my mind in this passage. Um, now, they do say this person claims to be a Christian. And uh, divorce for personal reasons, that would be an interesting question. I mean, what sort of personal reasons? I mean, there are, there are biblical reasons that, where divorce is allowable. Uh, specifically, I would throw in adultery, abuse, or abandonment. Those would be the three A's. Yep, the three A's. Adultery, abuse, or abandonment. Um, in those situations, I would say permissible. I love when you always hear irreconcilable differences. You were divorced for irreconcilable differences, which I think is just like you can't, you can't deal with your argument and get over it and there's no forgiveness and you can't fix the problem and you know die to yourself and those sort of things. I don't know. Fortunately, I haven't been put in that kind of situation. Uh, so personal reasons. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Maybe they're so personal they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, if there was adultery, abuse, or abandonment, then those would be biblically permissible reasons for divorce. And they'd um, be deeply personal. I wouldn't talk about I would about say those, so, yeah. yeah. Um, if, they, if those reasons are not it, then it would be a, a divorce outside of necessarily the, the reasons that the Bible allows for divorce. So it wouldn't be in accordance with God's will necessarily. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, you and I were kind of bantering about this a little bit beforehand. Um, is it really necessary for your wife whoever's asking this question, to point it out. You know, I mean, yeah. Most know. of the people know when they're doing something wrong or they yeah. have a wrong theological, but they know. Right. In fact, they talk if about it. If they're a believer, it, yeah. yeah if they, they go to church and, yeah. They have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Right. So, I mean, this whole thing, we have to convict people of their this or that. I mean, if the person's asking and going, what do you think about that? I guess that's a fair thing. But typically we're pointing things out in people that they already know. I mean, the believers that I have interacted with who are seeking to walk with the Lord and have suffered the the difficulty of a marriage that fell apart, they're, they're not joyful about it. No. 
they're pretty broken about it. Right. And they would have loved to have seen things go better than they did. But unfortunately, things didn't happen the way that they had hoped. And certainly, they weren't planning it when they said, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, things fell apart. And oftentimes, what you have is, you know, a lot of times in the marriage counseling I've done, where you have a marriage that's gotten to the point where it seems like they're entertaining the idea of divorce, generally, you have a person who's unwilling to yield, unwilling to do the things that are needed to see the marriage restored. Because every time I've seen a couple where they're hitting the speed bumps, they're hitting the difficulties within the marriage, and every marriage goes through challenges and difficulties, and there's arguments and all that sort of stuff. But every time I've seen a couple where that's happening, and both people are desiring to see it fixed, it gets fixed. But normally when you got one person who's saying, I don't want to go through counseling, I don't want to do anything, I'm done. I'm done, I'm tired, I'm beat. It's pretty hard to fix that one. And sometimes you interact with people where it's like both of them, like, forget it, I'm done, we tried, we ain't doing this no more. And there's kind of an unwillingness on the side of both of them to try and uh, see any sort of reconciliation. And that's unfortunate. It is. But I've yet to meet a Christian that's like, man, I'm happy we got a divorce. I'm really grateful for that one. I don't know. Maybe you have. I haven't met that person. <laughs> yeah, I've met a couple. Well, I mean, I'm saying like, I mean, they weren't speaking, happy that their marriage failed. Right. That's what but, I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I was gonna, yeah. I met quite would a they few have liked like, it? Well, would they man. have liked it to have gone better? Of course. Yeah, they would have liked that's it. What that's there's what a, I mean. There's there's a lot of emotional and spiritual damage oh, yeah. that happens in a divorce. But uh, on this per this question, um, yeah, I mean, maybe just be gracious to the person, and if the person asks, "What do you think about this?" You say, "Well, I'm not really entirely sure that you know divorce is God's will, unless there's adultery, abandonment, or abuse, and even in that situation, it's missing God's mark." You know, it's missing what God ultimately would right. want. He'd li- ultimately like to see reconciliation. Yeah, and he'd like to see the, the the man or the woman, whoever is causing the abandonment, the abuse, or the adultery, to get their act together and repent. Repent. Yeah. Repent. Repent. Change your mind and your actions. Get her done. Just do it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's... I think so. I think so. Yeah. And I, do you think that the Americans or the American church, uh, I mean, sin is sin. We know that. But it, it seems like a lot of the American church culturally, like, oh, divorce is the worst thing to ever happen. Yeah. I think part of that comes out of the culture of, you know, a lot of those people experience the horrors of divorce because when you look at the 1970s, 1980s, there was some pretty high rates of divorce. So there's a lot of people that experienced a divorce. I mean, your parents are still married. My parents are still married. Yeah. My wife's parents are still married. And, uh, you know, we didn't have the effects necessarily of divorce. Right. Feeling we, didn't, that. we didn't suffer through that. So, As kids. you know, but I do know a number of people I grew up with where, especially I remember being in junior high and high school and oh, several man. of my friends, their parents separating and divorce. Oh, man, yeah. Talk about causing destruction. Shrapnel. Yeah. Grenade. Horrific. Yeah, not good. Not good. It's a sad but, situation. Yeah. They're uh but it just seems like sometimes divorced people are, are they get really, really judged and right. Like but the same Christian that's judging those guys will let so many other things go and I'm like, gosh, we need to There's a story behind yeah. every situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes those so- stories are really, really challenging and sad. So Yeah. Abandonment and adultery, sometimes abuse. Yeah. Bummer. 
It's not God's ideal. Nope. But because of our flesh and our fallenness, we see that divorce is a reality, an unfortunate yeah. reality. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus addressed how hard the, you know, how hard people's hearts are. I got one that of those hard it. hearts. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Okay. Number five. Since we humans are imperfect. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Do you think this guy's feigning humbleness? I guess so. Oh, wow. Okay. We're being totally facetious, by the I way. I know who this one is. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Oh. Ooh. Let's just say that you know him very well, too. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Hmm. You so, ride bikes with him. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. He's an elder. Really? Mm. Does he have more of an intangible type of person? Mm-hmm. Okay. It says, since we humans are imperfect, and our judgments, therefore, also imperfect, how should a judge presiding over a trial address the issue of grace? Question mark. Is it possible to even consider grace in a legal proceeding without also imperfectly applying it? In our personal affairs, we tend to not forgive unless we feel the offender is remorseful and ask for forgiveness, otherwise, a no way. How do we balance judgment and grace in our daily lives? This is like a three-parter. Yeah, he's getting... I mean, he he's had to little... type all this with his thumbs. Wow. Because he and has you know no what? fingers? He sent this while I was teaching, so he was totally not listening to the message. Hmm. I don't know. You know, That might need, need some church discipline there. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I, I was actually standing next to those people now that I think oh, about it. Goodness gracious. Yeah, okay. They, they seem to be at least feigning, uh, you know, attention span. They're good people. I know. I love them. They're great. Since we humans are imperfect and our judgments therefore also imperfect. Okay, how should a judge presiding over a trial address the issue of grace? Okay, this is a... So obviously we're talking about a, a judge in the judicial system. Man's court. Man's court. Which has nothing to do with God's court. Not necessarily, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so in this situation, should a judge be issuing grace? So let's say you've got a person who committed a crime. They perpetrated a crime. They're on trial. The perp. And they are found guilty, which actually happened this week. Mr. Weinstein. Weinstein, Weinstein, I don't know. Um, I've heard it both ways. Right. So, uh, so he gets, the jury comes back, they say, verdict, guilty. Boom. So the judge in that case now is going to be involved in sentencing. Hmm. So in sentencing, I guess the judge could issue grace or mercy. And in this situation, I would go back to the Old Testament provision of, and we're going to be talking about this in Deuteronomy, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, which means the punishment should fit the crime. So, you know, you could err on the side of mercy or grace in a sentencing situation. But oh, I, I was going to say eye for an eye. Uh, I, I don't think they want to do the same thing to him he well, did so, to these other people. But understand there. that that eye for an eye, tooth yeah, for no, a tooth is it. a limitation and I get not a prescription. It. No, I get it. So in Old Testament times, it's like, you punched me and my eye, now I'm blind. I'm going to kill you. But the thing is, no, the punishment should fit the crime. So it's a limitation and not a statute or a provision. So, so I guess a trial judge could be, he could be gracious and merciful in the sentencing, but there's still going to be a punishment for the crime. Do you have any thoughts further on that part of the question? On this like 12 part question? No, I, I think, yeah. I'm, so far I'm tracking with you. Okay. Is it possible to even consider grace in legal proceeding without also imperfectly applying it? Well, again, I, I think legal proceedings, the issue is, did the person break a law or not? And what is the precedent in the breaking of that law for the uh, sentencing? What, what's, 
what's the punishment that's going to be fit for that crime? I think in a legal proceeding, at least, you know, I'm not 100% sure. You know, I, I guess we could be gracious to people in that situation. We are going to be talking about the cities of refuge. That was right. kind of a mercy and grace issue in the time well, of Christ. Well, I guess we could be merciful. I mean, like, okay, let's say... We're using some hypotheticals. Give me a hypothetical. I'm getting hyper right now. Hypothetical. Okay. But so you find out. I find out. that I'm somebody, a judge? No, no. No. You're a dad. Oh, I'm the dad. Gotcha. And somebody Ooh. did something horrendous mm. and unforgivable to one of your daughters. Yeah. Something earth shattering. Your first reaction in your head. Yes. Okay. And... You just find out about this. It's it's emotional. It's graphic. It's horrible. Yeah. Caught in the act. Yeah. And the guy's standing in front of you. Yeah. So I have a and no and you 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 literally you lose your mind. I'm gonna need Jesus's help in that situation. Let's say Jesus was busy somewhere. Take else. the wheel, yeah. Jesus. Take the wheel. Yes, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the but wheel. But before Jesus took the wheel, yeah. You broke this guy's neck. Ooh. Okay? Yeah. And the case comes to trial. Now I'm on trial. Now you're on trial. Because this yeah. dude's dead. Right. And he's... And rightly so. He's burning in hell. Yeah. Yes. And you're on trial. I'm on trial. Pastor. Yeah. Lover of Reese's Hearts. Oh, man. Don't you know the media would love that one? Nice guy, right? It's all blown out. I'm going to have a really great prison ministry. Okay. Exactly. You're right. gonna, like, I'm going to prison. I'm going to prison. You're practically Paul. Yeah, I'm going to have, well, not quite, but I'm going to have a great prison ministry. Okay. So, like, you have the jury. Yeah. Because it goes to a jury trial because it's huge. Right. So, you got the jury. And on that jury are some dads. Yeah. How how are they going to work that out? And then it gets to the, the you, you're found guilty you know, what is it? Manslaughter? What's with the reason or, you know, temporary insanity? I don't know, but you're, you're guilty. Then the judge has got to sentence you. The sentencing, maybe he would give me a little bit of mercy. I'm still going to, yeah, I'm still going I'm just away. Saying, okay. But that, oh, you're going away. I'm going away. Okay. But it's, it's going to be less than 50 years. Maybe. Maybe well, I get some time parole for good behavior. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, but the judge just so happens to have a daughter your age. I'm going to be happy if he does. That looks a little bit like you. Yeah, there we go. He's going to apply, I'm thinking, some some mercy. Okay, does the name Justin Alfred ring a bell? Yes, why does it? Make- so Justin Alfred, um, so on the Blue Letter Bible, Yeah. when you want to know how to say a Greek or Hebrew word. It's him. And you but he's from like Missouri or something. Oh, wait, Whoa, that, that was, was wrong. Weird Al, man. Yeah. Well, I, I got I got too many things going on yeah, here. All got, right, let's turn let's turn the Spotify. Off. You never have too many things going on. Come on. Okay, here, listen, no. listen, listen. Um, so yeah, so on Blue Letter Bible, if you're using the Greek and you want to know what a Greek word sounds like, Strong's G three thousand fifty six, Lagos. Okay. Lagos. That's the that's the voice of Justin Alfred, okay. our Mississippi brother who speaks Greek and Hebrew. I was going to say from the south. He must be from the he's from, y'all from the south of Judah. I think yeah. he's, I think, I'm pretty sure it's Mississippi. Okay, uh, but but Justin, uh-huh. one of his daughters, I believe he has five kids. One of his daughters was murdered by her boyfriend. Whoa. Right, and he and I have talked about that situation because his first inclination was eye for an eye. He was going Old Testament. 
Let's say eye for an eye. He was going Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. You better flee Law to Moses. a city of refuge because yeah. you're going to be eye, refuge. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I've talked with him about it, and he told me the whole story about how he wanted to take justice into his own hands. And uh, I'm, I can imagine you would want to do the same. Well, And uh, that guy is doing time, as he rightly should. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Justin talks about seeking the grace of the Lord to be himself merciful and to remember, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Right. I will repay. Right. And, um, and really holding on to that in that situation. Well, and there's these times in our life, and I know this has nothing to do with the question, but when you say to yourself, hmm, this is when this gets real. Yeah, that's for sure. This, this, this is like, this was an, an, a concept. Yeah. It was theoretical. Until it was theoretical concept. Right. It was hovering out there in the universe. It was this concept that, whoa, yeah, absolutely. Right. And then when you actually have to do it. Now, now you're on trial. Right, because right. Jesus is telling us that's what we need to do. Yep. So, yeah. Okay, so back I'm to the rest I'm just saying, if you question. ever get locked up for something like that... Will you come and give a character report on my behalf? Absolutely. Okay, no, good. I'm going to lead a riot outside yeah. the prison. It's right. going to be... We're going to be out there throwing peanut butter cups and, yeah, free miles, free miles. Right. In our personal affairs, we tend to not forgive unless we feel the offender is remorseful and asks for forgiveness. Otherwise, no way. How do we balance judgment and grace in our daily lives? So That's a two-parter. Right. Um, I think you have to take into account the directive of Jesus to forgive people. And our forgiveness, um, it, it has... It has a lot to do with us. And um, unforgiveness on our part, it, it, it'll cause you a whole bunch of grief and a whole bunch of problems. Now, on the other side of that, because Jesus, he was asked a question about how many times ought I forgive my offending right. brother. And in Jesus' response to Peter, because Peter says, shall I forgive him up to seven times? Because And for Peter, you could tell he was probably going like, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, here. he's going Old Testament, I'm man. I'm doing pretty yeah. good here up I'm to seven I'm the man. Times. I walked on water. And Jesus says, I say up to 70 times seven. He's doing the math on his fingers. That's oh, way yeah. beyond his fingers Peter's and toes. rocking the time 490 tables. 490 times. Yeah. Uh, but, but Jesus gives the example of if your brother sins and comes to you and you know confesses, Forgiven. So I think that there is a confession forgiveness thing going on here. If someone comes and they are confessing, you're called upon to forgive them. Um, but if we are trying to, if we're withholding forgiveness because we feel that they're not remorseful, it's very difficult for us to assess the motives of a person. I, I don't know about you, but I can't stand it when people judge my motives. They don't know what I'm thinking. So if the person is coming and seeking forgiveness, Maybe you might assume that they're not very remorseful, but if they're seeking forgiveness, maybe you should forgive them. It drives me in. If I'm in an argument or a disagreement with somebody... That rarely happens. It, You're such it a, does, but... You go but along with things so well. If somebody... Well, you were thinking this, I'm like, whoa, back, yeah, yeah, back no. up, bucko. Huh. This is not what I was thinking. And, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you know what I'm thinking, I want the lotto numbers now. I don't, I, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a hard one for me. Yeah. Because people go, oh, you were thinking, and I'm like, no, I wasn't thinking that at all. 
No, I can tell you were thinking this. I'm like, no, you're throwing your your crazy thinking on me, dude. So yeah, that drives me. That's that's a hard one for me to have a civil argument about. But when the great predicto, when they raise their, oh well, this is what happened. So now, but there is a there is a let's go to salvation. Yeah, like being forgiven. I mean, there's no forgiveness for sin with the Lord until Jesus enters the picture. And there's an admission of guilt there. So what is the cause and effect? What is the relationship there? Because we would not say that there's forgiveness without Jesus, without that apology, that admission of guilt. Would we say Confession. That? Yeah, confession. Yeah, confession is very important. Yeah. But I think if someone comes to you and confesses and they're saying, I'd like you to forgive me, then you have to forgive yeah, them. Yeah, and you probably shouldn't try to judge their uh, motives. Right. I don't think you're remorseful right. enough. I well, think I need to see you do a few penance first. Yeah, 20 Hail Marys. Yeah. Fortunately, I don't think Jesus does that. You know what a sad state of affairs is? I, I think it's been perfected Utah? in the last 10 years. Huh. Yeah, you don't see the Amish with a bunch of wives. Um, well, that, I don't know. We don't know. We're I don't not, think we're, so. We're not hanging around with the yeah, Amish. Yeah, well, it depends if they're reflector or non-reflector Amish. Right. The, do you believe, like, people like the apology that's really not an apology? Mm. It's like, Give me an example. I'm sorry I overreacted. I'm sorry that you felt offended. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. not an apology. I'm really sorry you <laughs> felt offended. I'm like, okay, I have to say it because I was watching the, the Democratic debate last night. And uh, Mr. Michael Bloomberg, former mayor, room. former mayor of uh, New York City, Michael Bloomberg, he was asked a question about non-disclosure agreements because apparently he's got kind of a sketchy past he said in the some, way that he interacts with people. He said some woman troubles. And he made the comment, and I was kind of laughing because yeah. it's exactly what you said. He, he basically was apologizing if they felt offended. offended. Yeah. I apologize if they felt offended. So it's like, no, wait, hold on. You didn't exactly apologize for anything that no, you may have done. It so, wasn't an apology at all. But the problem is, is that if he answers the question that he's being answered, it's answer or answering then it's like an admission of guilt it's one of those catch you questions it was a terrible question because yeah. it's kind of like mark have you stopped beating your wife yet and there's no way to answer that question because if you say yes then i guess you used to beat your wife if you say no then you still beat your wife it's just not a fair question but it was it was funny because he you know i'm sorry if they felt offended it's like wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> i'm sorry if she felt beaten yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't work yeah, yeah no yeah, that's out of bounds. Not, not going to work. All right. Yeah. Well, they should, they, why don't they have a guy on these debates uh -huh. that can interrupt at any time and push the button and go, time out, time out, time out. That, that was, was a, a bad dumb question. question. Yeah. Yeah. Your or old King James. It was your question sucketh. It was pure comedy and entertainment watching that last night because they were like bickering at each other. It, it's funny to watch. Yeah, it's funny. Man. So much fun, so much fun. There, there, you Of all the things that people, like to me, and I'm not going to jump into the a particular oh, person. Oh, you know you want to. Oh, I could. I could blow it up. We could be famous. We could probably no, we have. wouldn't a, be famous. We could have a thousand people here right now, mm -hmm. be Christian commentators. Oh, yeah, but yeah. we're not going there. Nope. Because that's the easy way. It is the easy way. Yeah, we're not going to be we going all Glenn Beck and whatnot. Like that. So, yeah. No, he's become like. Anyway, well, moving on. The former, the, the artist former, formerly the former. known. There you yeah. go. But, like, I would think in an elected official, uh -huh. like, integrity matters. You would hope. 
And like, I'm not going to say which one, but one of them lied about their ethnicity (laughs) and was able to stretch the truth. No, lied. Stretched the about truth. the yes, I know at their ethnicity, uh-huh. and was able to gain college access apparently. or interest. Apparently, allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. No, they got in allegedly. And so, not only did they lie and cheat the system, uh-huh. but there was somebody else who didn't get in because of them. If you think about it, because only a limited amount of people got allegedly, in. and nobody's jumping up and down about that. In fact, there was more hoopla about people paying to get their kids into college than there was about this. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really sad. Yeah, there's some people that went away. They're, they did like 14 days in jail. For, yeah, Hallmark actresses. Yeah. I mean, pillars of 14 the, days yeah. in jail. I guess, they got, I guess they got some mercy and some grace. They must have. Must they have. need to get out and make another movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, How do we balance judgment and grace in our daily lives? Let's finish with this. How do we balance judgment and grace in our daily lives? I want to say we need to remember Jesus, God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Right. And so we need to recognize that he ultimately is the judge, not me. Yeah. So and That's hard for me because I can be somewhat judgmental. I know, I know, hard to believe. I can be somewhat judgmental. Well, it's hard when you're, you know, once in well, a while. Well, this person said, since we humans are imperfect. So it's hard when you're so okay, close. But if you get so close, if you get, you roll out of bed in the morning, imperfect. you know, you leave the, the doors of your house. Right. And you wade into the sea of stupidity sometimes <laughs> in people's lives. It's easy. You start to get judgy. It's hard. And it's like, gosh, I got to not do that. But, you know. I am the frothy white bubbles on the top of the sea of stupidity. I, I'm right there with him. You know, the guy, right but okay, the guy him. who passes you 40 miles over That's the speed me. limit and almost runs you that off stinger, the road. That silver stinger yeah. that flew past you. That was me, Mark. In that was me. ditch down the road, you that know. That was me. You're like, okay. Well, there you go. Grace is stopping to pull him out of his burning car, I suppose. Yeah, there you go. So I pull you out of the burning car. I appreciate that. And I'll throw Reese's peanut butter cups over the wall if you end up in jail. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Hey, man, that's a real, that's a legit friend there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we are done. With That's the probably a good thing. I just got worried about the car. It's not bad. Wonderful. No? Yeah. So evidently it can run without oil. Ah, there you go. Wow. Better than you might imagine. Awesome. American made. Fantastic. There you go. America. Motor City. Mo- America. Huh? I, I, I do like that coffee cup. Huh? There's that coffee cup with Jesus on it with a shotgun. Have I don't know this that? one. It says America. Oh, I, yeah. We got shotguns and Jesus. We gave that to you from where? Where did it come from? Because we it gave was, it to you to it, give to Emily. It was in a, um, it was at a white elephant Oh, ah, that's where it was, yeah. And Emily and I just finished having a discussion about nationalism, uh-huh. what it is, and how, you know, so many times that our people's relationships with the Lord gets intertwined with where they're from. Uh, kind of almost like the ethnocentric thing you were talking about. And so uh, we were having a heated debate about that, so to speak. And the cup came into my possession. And so she may or may not have ended up with that well, as a Christmas good. present. That's good. So, all right. All right. Well, uh, any final words? We want to hear from people what their favorite candy is. Yeah, I want to hear what their favorite candy yeah. is. Because we know what ours is. C's. Yeah. C's. Reese's. There you go. And thank you to whoever it was 
who left the box of temptation on my desk, I will tell you, there was zero self-control. All right. Adios. Good night. Goodbye. Wow.